Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I am Race for the Prize. Let's do a truck series refresh. But first, go to raceforthepriz.com. That's where you can get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet. Still six sheets left this month that you can purchase. Email me, raceforthepriz06 at gmail.com. Send me a DM on Twitter. We can work out a deal if you don't want to spend the full 30 bucks. What is a truck series refresh? Well, before we do that, let me apologize. The HVAC system is humming away. So if the audio isn't great, I am sorry. And then also the drain in my basement is draining. So there is a trickle of water that you might be hearing in the background. I apologize if the volume is insufferable, if the noise is unbearable. Uh, you don't have to like and subscribe. You don't have to share. But I I appreciate it, and you can do that as you exit. Those that are still with us, this is a homework podcast. You know I'm not lazy. You know I don't do lazy research. You know I don't just dismiss things. I dig into it, and oftentimes I show you. We dig in together, and that's what we will do. I think it's very important for us to constantly go back over the data, constantly go over the results, remind us who these drivers are, what the equipment is. I do this because sometimes... I start to think that teams are better, or I believe that teams and drivers are worse than they really are. And I fall for that trap a lot. So I have to step back and constantly do some more homework. And I think you're probably in the same case. So as you follow along, you might find yourself also falling in the same traps and subscribing to some beliefs that aren't backed up by data or backed up by assumptions. And I think the first and most easiest one is to look into Tricon, which is David Gillen's team. Did they have some success last year? Yes. But ask yourself, how much success did they really have? Yeah, they had a good season. And the problem with that is you might think that that season was a lot better than it was. And so we've got to dive into it. Yeah, Corey Heim was competing for the championship for little old David Gillen. And KBM went away and David Gillen was thrust onto the stage as the head of TRD now after changing manufacturing several times already during his uh, David Gillen Crosley racing, now Tricom from Ford to Toyota, a lot of change. And just stepping back again and thinking about that, when teams are changing manufacturers, changing team names, changing drivers, that doesn't necessarily sound like consistency. That doesn't necessarily sound like stability. We don't typically think that those are good teams or good teams right out of the gate. And that's probably more of the case. Tricom was okay. And it was arguably David Gillen's best year as an owner. But by no means were the Tricon trucks monsters. No one feared Tricon last season. And no one should fear Tricon this season. Heim was good, but in reality, Tanner and Taylor Gray were the same old guys they always had been back in the days when it was Gill and Crosley racing with Fords. They weren't much better, although the field has arguably gotten weaker. Dean Thompson did nothing. Why do we expect Dean Thompson to be better this year? We just pull it up. Let's pull up Gilliland's results from last season, and you look at it, and these aren't that great. I thought they were better. That's why we're doing this refresh. That's why we're going back over, because if I hadn't gone over this with you or with myself, 
I may have been more bullish on David Gillen's Tricon Toyotas. I'm not saying bury these guys and don't play these guys. The truck series is not really that competitive, so they very well could be the top of the field this season, but not by much, and not very often is my stance right now at the moment. I thought heading into the season about a week or so ago, I was a much more aggressive on them. But you look at last year, Tanner Gray, an average finish of 16.7. That's the same old Tanner Gray. Taylor Gray, the younger brother who's been slightly better, but 14.6. Does that sound like Tricon? It's a devastating force. Yes, Corey Heim down here did get a three wins, 12 top tens, 6.8 average finish. Heim looks good. Heim's got support. Heim's got backing from TRD. He's going to be in Xfinity cars for Sam Hunt. I am not necessarily... You know, I have nothing against time. Tricon as an organization, don't believe, again, like I said, a devastating force. Heim as a truck series driver, yeah, he's going to be a guy that we could count on for leading laps and winning races. And we can look at those specific wins because they were at decent tracks. I believe at least one was, but it was not a dominant win. He wins at Bristol. He only leads six laps. Most of the race was dominated by Christian Eckes, but he did hang with Christian Eckes for most of the race in a green flag race. It wasn't a chaotic Bristol race. He hung up front with Eckes. He wins in the end. Although he only led six laps, he ran a lot of laps right behind Eckes. Very solid performance. Road course, not going to get too excited about that. A Martinsville win with 82 laps led, I will get excited about that. Winning the Martinsville truck race is always a big deal to me. And then he has Priest won a couple years ago in the Nashville race for David Gilliland Racing. Gilliland, dirt race, don't really care about that. Priest, again, we get these one-offs uh, with probably really exceptional equipment. And this was a Tyler Ankrum fuel mileage win. I mean, this is all the wins that David Gilliland's ever had. Now, he did have his best season ever last year with three wins. Uh, David Gilliland and Tricon, with the full support of Toyota, are going to improve. Like I said, they switched over from Ford. Kyle Busch was out. Toyota then creates Tricon. That really isn't terrible for a first season. And they will be better. But my biggest takeaway is that maybe I'm rushing too quickly, expecting these guys to be better than what they are. They're going to be good uh, as far as first seasons go, because it truly was a first season. It went really well. Corey Heim in the truck, switched to Toyota, new team, even though, you know, Gillen Racing had been around. But I'll consider it pretty new, even though they were once with Toyota. Then they switched to Ford. Then they're back with Toyota. Make up your mind, David. Well, it's whoever gives me the money. It's the reality. Uh, so summarize all of that with Tricon. They're good, but they're not KBM. How's that? Young Motorsports. I don't really need to click on it, but I'll just let you look at Mason Massey if you're wondering. Massey's been racing a lot with Mario Gosselin over the years. A lot of Xfinity races. As you can see, 52. And Mario Gosselin equipment, not the best, but not the worst. You can finish anywhere on average from 15th, 20th, 
20th to 25th. We've seen Alex LeBay and Josh Williams and a handful of drivers get some pretty good results. Uh, BJ McLeod, that's more 25 to 30th place. And Massey got what you would expect out of a BJ McLeod car, 25th to 30th. So you really can't fault him there. That's not bad. 25th to 30th in BJ equipment, I'll take it. Uh, when he was with Mario, I would say his results were a little bit more disappointing. I would like to see a lot more top 20s and less of these 24s. Um, and I don't want to see any 30s at all, but he's dropping them on there. Overall, I'm not really excited about Massey, but this is really just more of the same. Uh, I think it's very similar to who Young had last year. And that was, uh, what's his name? The former, oh, now I'm blanking. He raced for BJ. Yeah, well, we'll just pull up Young Motorsports. He was in the Xfinity Series forever. He's got a sponsor that just keeps him in. Yeah, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. We'll pull up Young Motorsports. Even though I really don't need to do this. Mills, Matt Mills. Yeah. So Matt Mills was with him last year, and I do have to look it up. Genius NASCAR mind. Uh, Matt Mills is still in the truck series. He'll be with Nice this year. Uh, but Young is moving up to the Xfinity series. Last couple of years, the truck series program, Spencer Boyd is gone. You know, you go back to 2018 at Austin Hill in the truck, which was pretty impressive. But since then, they really haven't had much talent. Tyler Dipple. Matt Mills, you name it, someone would rent out that 0-2 truck, and the funding hasn't been that great, the equipment hasn't been that great, and the talent of the drivers has surely depreciated every season. Macy's not Massey's not terrible, as we saw him get decent results with B.J. McLeod, uh, a little bit more consistent with Mario Gosselin. Uh, one thing you could argue is maybe that in softer fields like the truck series, he could be a little bit more competitive. And you can't always rule out the young trucks, but young's not necessarily a team that I really want to go to at a short track or an intermediate track. Obviously, you can play them at super speedways, but for the most part, it's going to be someone that I'm not really having my eyes on. Let's look at Nick Sanchez, see what he did last season for Rev Racing, a part of NASCAR's development program. Loosely connected last season with KBM. Now connected loosely this year with Spire Motorsports, which on the surface sounds great. When we say Spire, and I think I'm probably really definitely at fault here and to blame that there is a little bit more hype around Spire than need be, and that we are elevating this team, or at least I am elevating this truck series team way too fast. Spire hasn't really accomplished much. They have been a lot of talk, and in reality, Three years ago in the Cup Series, Spire was pretty laughable. And why I am so quick to make a rush to thrust these guys to the top of each series is probably a major mistake that I'm buying in way too much. And so when we say Nick Sanchez has a connection with Spire, maybe some of you are smart and wise, like, so what? Spire. Me, unfortunately, like, oh, yeah, well, that might make him faster. I don't know. He was fine last season with his KBM connection. And he had that really exciting race here at Texas. Leads 168 laps and then wrecks at the very end. 
but he had some other solid finishes. He was very competitive, what, third at Nashville, was on the pole at Pocono, which really should not go overlooked. If you have the pole, it's pretty fast. That's a pretty trimmed out race car. That's pretty impressive. Wins the pole at Homestead. I'm obviously, he won last week at Daytona. It's a good start to the season. Good for momentum. Doesn't necessarily mean much in terms of what are you going to do at Atlanta and Las Vegas. But overall, for a kid as a rookie, plenty of top tens. I don't think there's really much change going on at Rev Racing with their alliances. So I imagine he's going to have a very similar race car, truck. So he's definitely going to be someone we look at. He's shown signs. Uh, maybe it reminds you a little bit, not necessarily in terms of racing style or anything, but in career art, like a Carson Hosever. Before Carson Hosever had his breakout season last season, he had a couple years with Nice where he slowly built up top tens and top fives. And then last year really had that big year. Uh, this could be a big year for Sanchez, or it could be another year of top tens and top fives. He clearly, I mean, he obviously has a win. The equipment looks like it's probably top of the field. It's just a matter of him figuring things out as a race car driver. Let's look at Spire. And so who are we going to have in these trucks? Kevin, Kevin Bush. Kyle Busch, Corla Joy, Raja Caruth is going to be there every week. Chase Purdy is going to be there every week. So even if Spire is on the ascent and getting better every day, the problem is you've got some young drivers that may not have all the talent in the world. Raja Caruth is very popular and is expected to be a good race car driver, but from what we have seen of him in the Xfinity Truck Series, he's not there yet. Has he had the best equipment? And he actually has had some pretty good equipment, some pretty good rides. Can he get there? Yeah, he just needs time to develop, but we are in that development time. And he is competing against drivers who have already developed. He's competing against Ben Rhodes, Grant Enfinger, Matt Crafton, Corey Himes, several steps ahead in development. Nick Sanchez is several steps ahead in development. Ty Majeski is way ahead and in equal, if not much better equipment. Uh, it's not going to be a walk in the park for Caruth. It's not going to be a walk in the park for Spire Motorsports. And I'm afraid I may have crowned them too soon. Said, oh, these guys are great. And you just look at their results. Yeah, Justin Haley got a Daytona win once upon a time for them. Cool. Doesn't really mean much. That was the Cup Series. That really doesn't mean anything at all. We look in the Truck Series. You get a win with William Byron, basically getting a souped up right at Martinsville. That's awesome for the organization. It was roughly a Hendrick truck anyway, though. So this truck really does not represent what Spire's building. It's a good, happy day, happy moment for everyone involved, but that's not a good representation. Same thing with the Kyle Larson win, which I believe was at North Wilkesboro. Again, Great happy moment, but that truck is not a fair representation of the trucks that Spire rolls out every week. Um, what does excite me is Lane Riggs finishing what, third at, was it Bristol or Martinsville? Let's just look at all these individual races. No, I think it was IRP. Was it? Yeah, so that does excite me. Again, that might have been a souped-up 
truck. Lane Riggs, big deal. Scott, don't do it. Don't do it. Is he going to do that stupid Mel Gibson lethal weapon thing? No, I'm not going to do it this time. Lane Riggs, exceptional driver, up and comer. Pretty excited to see what the son of Scott's going to do and finish third. Again, that might be a souped-up Chevy and not a fair representation of Spire. Either way, though, Spire is putting together some pretty good results. We go up here. Some decent results throughout. Chase Elliott with the 7th at Bristol Dirt. Who cares? Not bad. An 11th for Rajak Carruth at Gateway. That's something to kind of get excited about. Austin Hill, 6th at Pocono. Plenty of speed. That's exciting. Um, 16th for Darlington. Corey LaJoy. Not terrible. I could have swore that the other young kid was in one of these trucks once. Carson uh, Quapple. There it is. Carson Quapple, 12th at Bristol. That's a strong performance, too. But again, my worry is that Riggs and Quapple being you know, pretty important young drivers from the late model series, connections with Chevy, connections with Earnhardt and Hendrick, that they had some pretty souped-up rides. It remains to be seen or questionable whether Spire is going to produce fast trucks every single week. And even if they do produce fast trucks every single week, a lot of that still hinges and depends upon the performance of Rajak Karuth and Chase Purdy. I can get a lot more on board with Karuth. Purdy's out there because he just continues to bring that sponsorship with him every single week. So he's not going anywhere as long as he has his, uh, whatever that is, it's like some southern sponsor. Maybe it's like a chili sponsor i can't remember even what it is but he got one all right as we continue our refresh we don't really need to look into grant infinger you know who he is there is concern with the cody robot trucks but if cody robot was willing to go out and sign infinger find the money for that but not only sign infinger look at who infinger's crew chief is so let's pull up daytona so he's Cody Robo out there to spend some money, folks. How about that? How about that? All right, let's pull up uh, old crew chief for Grant Infinger. Look at this. Brian Patty. Yeah, that Brian Patty of Ricky Stenhouse fame, of Greg Biffle fame. Did you know that? Juan Pablo Montoya, Clinton Boyer in the Cup Series. Huh, pretty impressive. Uh, where had Patty been the last couple years? Was he in the Xfinity Series or where was he at? In the, just kind of milling around in the truck series, fooling around a little bit here. But yeah, Brian Patty's back. So a guy with a lot of experience teaming up with Infinger. It'll be interesting to see what they can do. Uh, there was another crew chief that really excites me. I was looking at overall winning crew chiefs, Jeff Hensley. Who will be at Tricon working with Taylor Gray, I believe, for the second in the season in a row. Hensley's been around forever. What, 11 Cup Series or Xfinity Series wins. He's not the most winningest truck series, but he's like top three with 22 wins. Uh, he was with Infinger last year. Time with Matt Crafton. A lot of times with Grant Infinger at Thor Sport. He's been a little all over the place, but 22 wins, three last year. Taylor Gray is the preferred Gray. So maybe 
that could be a little bit of a steal for Tricon to bring in Hensley. And maybe what I said about Tricon could be completely wrong based on Hensley stepping in there. That is something to get excited about if you're looking for a reason to be bullish about those Toyotas. Thor Motorsports, we really don't have to do much research there. We know what Crafton is. He's not quite the guy that he once was, but he's got the sponsorship, so he's not going anywhere. Majeski really had a very strong season last year. We expect him to take another big step forward. Rhodes, he's going to get his wins here or there. Very consistent driver. Um, never really going to dominate the field. Never going to really run away with the season. But as far as experience and consistency, he's right there. Garcia is a bit of the question mark. So let's look up Garcia. Last year, he had a pretty good ride with Bill McAnally. Now he's going to jump over to Thor Sport, taking over Deegan's ride. Now, what did he do with McAnally? So 22 or 23 races, three top fives, nine top tens. Let's just go look at his average finish first. Average finish of 14th. That's not terrible. What that really re reminds me of when I think of Bill McAnally trucks, 14th place. The driver that pops in my mind is the driver that was in that car for years before Jake Garcia took over, which was Derek Krause. Derek Krause was typically around the 14th place driver. Very awesome driver in the K&N West ARCA series. And when Derek Krause shifted over to the trucks with Bill McAnally as they made that transition, his performances weren't that great. They were right there, average finish 14th. Christian Eckes obviously got a lot more out of those trucks, really elevated that program. Garcia... 14th real, though, is not terrible for a rookie season for an 18-year-old. So I don't want to be too harsh on the kid. It's not bad. Let's look at some of his top look, top five at Texas. Good. I'm not really concerned with the Bristol dirt, but hey, sixth, whatever. Give him some credit there. Eighth at Kansas. 13th at Martinsville is not bad for a rookie. 15th at Charlotte. 10th at Gateway. 10th at Nashville. These really... Aren't terrible results. He's got Mark Hillman, a very experienced crew chief, or had. Obviously, he's going to be with Thor this year. We flip through fourth at Richmond, IRP 13th. That's not terrible again. You know, I would actually say that this kid, uh, you know, and his bad results are Pocono. I don't care about Pocono as much. 29th at Talladega, that's fine. If you're going to have a bad day, let's have it at the ones where it's really not a reflection of your experience or skill. 11th at Kansas, 11th at regular Bristol. 15th at Homestead, closes the season with second at Phoenix. It's actually a really good result. I think the average finish of 14th may not tell you the whole picture and give you a real accurate display of who the kid is. Right at 19th at Coda. Maybe road racing isn't his thing. That's fine. Now, I'm actually, after looking these over, a little bit more excited to see what he can do at Thorsport and maybe kind of disappointed that he's not still with Bill McAnally. But either way... Uh, he could be a sneaky driver for Thor. He could be better than Matt Crafton. And he might be more exciting than Ben Rhodes on a given weekend. Uh, as far as Ty Majeski goes, I think Majeski's definitely the best 
at least most appealing DFS driver on that team's roster. So let's look at McAnally then, since we've already looked at Jake Garcia, look at the rest of the teams. Tyler Ankrum just won't go away. He's going to wash ashore at the campus of Bill McAnally. Austin Eckes, or not Austin Eckes, Christian Eckes will be back, and that's exciting. And then who's our other driver? Uh, Daniel Dye will step in. A lot of work in the ARCA series. Really hasn't done much in his part-time Xfinity work and truck series work. But they have a ride for him. And then there's going to be some part-time guys that are going to jump in at McAnally from time to time as well. Let's just go to the most recent races for McAnally. see a lot of races here with Derek Krause. Um, actually, how do I want to look at this? I don't think that's the best way to look at it. Let's look at it here. Average finish is 15.6. Again, a lot of those were those Derek Krause 15.6s. But if you look at Eckes last year, average finish 10th. Or no, that's this year. Um, you go to Eckes last year. Average finish of 11.1. Four wins, 10 top 10s. Pretty solid results for Christian Eckes. Uh, like we talked about with Jake Garcia, pretty solid season right there. Um, will Tyler Ankrum be able to replicate those? Probably. Um, I, you know, I think Jake Garcia as a rookie is going to probably have a better career than Tyler Ankrum. But Tyler Ankrum as a pretty seasoned driver now should be able to produce the same results that Jake Garcia produced as a rookie. Hang around the top 10 and solid equipment. Maybe Ankrum will have a bit of a breakthrough. I doubt that that's going to happen. But uh, we look back at 2022, Colby Howard, a decent driver, maybe a little less talent than Jake Garcia. Colby Howard averages 19.4. But still, this team was still growing from that move from ARCA to the Truck Series. You can see, again, Derek Krause just routinely in that 15 position. They finally decided, all right, it's just not working, Derek. We had some good days at KN West, but we're not. We're spinning the wheels a little bit. And they make the switch over to Eckes in 2023. And it's that lights go on moment. And they really had their breakthrough. And I think Eckes' success helped carry Jake Garcia. And we could again in the season see Eckes' success carry with him Tyler Ankrum as well. Um, Jack Wood's going to get some part-time work with McAnally. Uh, I don't know with Daniel Dye. Still pretty young. We'll see. A lot of questions there. But... Uh, McNally is definitely something to be excited about to see a new team come in and start experiencing some success. Rayum, I'm not going to really click on Rayum because you're not going to get a good picture. Obviously, Josh Rayum's Truck Series team has been a backmarker for seasons. They don't do anything, but this year could be different. They've gone out, bought some points, brought in some crew chiefs, Brought in some uh, marketing people, and Lawless Allen was also brought in. Lawless Allen has been an incredible disappointment in the truck series, doing nothing for Nice or anyone, but he is some sort of a name, does have some sort of money. So they brought in Lawless Allen. Let me see if I can Google Josh Rayum and pull up the article exactly that states kind of some of their moves that they are making. And... I know Googling and doing a podcast is 
not the most riveting stuff, but if you've hung in there this long, then I think you can hang in while I Google up maybe the latest news briefs. Let me type in Lois Allen. Well, I'm not going to waste too much more time, but if I'm not mistaken, they've brought in some more money. So this could be a team on the rise. Keep your eyes on Rayum's enterprise. Rackley, as you know, De Benedetto got that win at Talladega two years ago. But for the most part, the team as an organization kind of took a step backwards last season. De Benedetto didn't even finish the year with them. And their finishes weren't really that great. 16.2 in De Benedetto's first year. 14.0 the next year. This team wants to spend money, wants to make a splash. They've put Josh Berry in the truck. They've put William Byron in the truck. Uh, but they're not really going anywhere at the moment. And they kind of had those two years. Nothing really happened. This year it's going to be Ty Dillon's turn. And I, I worry or I think that it's probably just going to be more of the same. Uh, an old washed-out cup driver trying to hang on. It didn't work for De Benedetto. I don't know how well this is going to work out for Ty Dillon. As much as Ty Dillon wants it, I don't know how much truck he's going to have. We've already seen Ty Dillon wash out everywhere. You put money behind him and good equipment every single week, he can put decent results down. He was never a championship contender in the Xfinity Series when he had money. I don't know if he had quite the backing that Austin had or the support that Austin had, but he wasn't out there racing nothing, and he still was never really able to compete with the top of the Xfinity Series. He was never able to compete against the Bushwhackers coming down. He got promoted, raced all those years with Geico, and really was just a backmarker. And then he washed out, ended up in the Xfinity Series, did the old Ryan Priest routine of written out a JGR car for a couple races to try to prove his worth, and he failed. And that was that. He had his opportunity to race against pretty soft Xfinity fields and great equipment, and he failed. And that is where the story was supposed to end, but somehow he was able to get some part-time work again, or full-time work with backmarkers in the Cup Series. And then get a ride with Legacy Motor Club somehow. And he got booted out of Legacy Motor Club. And then he spent some time backmarking with Spire. And now the poor guy has dropped to the lowest rung. He is basically like that old guy in Major League Baseball, Crash Davis. He doesn't want to give up anymore. He wants to stay in the sport. He's hanging out in AAA, helping develop other players hanging on the hope that maybe someday he'll get called back up to the big show. That's a worry. Um, it's always nice to have big names in the series, big names propping up smaller teams, but your name alone is not going to prop up the performances. And at the end of the day, we're trying to pick winners. We're playing DraftKings DFS. And although I'm familiar with your name, it might be easier to click on it. Your name is not going to determine your finishing position. And it didn't work for De Benedetto, just two top tens. I don't see it working too well for Ty Dillon. Who else do we got as we wrap up? 
Brett Holmes. And one of the tricky things with Brett Holmes, you look up Holmes ownership. Not all of his races show up because some of his races are filed under Stacy Holmes's dad. Stacy's dad is a guy, or no, Stacy's son is. That doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, the first run's like, when you're a man and you're a Stacy, that is a power move. You guys remember Stacy Keach? You probably don't. You probably don't remember Stacy Keach. You didn't watch as much TV as a kid as I did watching uh, cop shows. My dad loved Stacy Keach, one of those classic tough guys. He loved all those guys, you know, but not like the obvious, you know, Clint Eastwood. I mean, obviously, he loved Clint Eastwood, but he was a big fan of. The TV tough guys like Stacy Keach. I'll put Stacy Keach on the screen. Like, who is this Stacy Keach talking about? I put him up, you probably will remember him and the TV show he was in. There's Stacy Keach. Mike Hammer. Like, 1984, 1987. I was right there during my, yeah. That's my dad's time. That's his prime TV time. Stacy Keach. You know, not only is Stacy Keach. A tough name. He's like, you know what? Let's let's put a little bit more mustard on that hot dog. And the star role that I play is Mike Hammer, Private Eye. Like, why don't we just stay with Stacy Keach? That's pretty cool. No, I'm Mike Hammer. I'm going to solve this stuff. Doesn't he look like a private eye? And when you close your eyes and you're thinking of a detective, an investigator, I mean, this dude could definitely be in the next Grand Theft Auto. And if he's not, let's make it happen. Let's get Stacy Keach in it. Huh? What are you talking about? He's also in a boxing movie, too, I think, if I remember correctly. Of course he was. All right, so Stacy Holmes. And some of the races are filed under Brett Holmes as team owner. But really, let's just see what they did last year. Because they also have a connection now with Spire Motorsports. So are we expecting big things? There have been several times, I and mean, if you were... Been with this podcast long enough. Was it 2020? Oh, Brett Holmes has bought some GMS equipment. Look out. Yeah, that didn't really do much. All right, I return from providing breakfast. Now we are back to talking about Brett Holmes. How were his results in 2023? Well, the first thing, just look at his overall average finish. And they weren't that great. 20. Third, part-time work, a little bit better, 18.8. If he truly does have a connection with Spire, maybe it's something we want to keep our eyes on. Let's see, Atlanta, great, he finished 13th, but that's not a good indicator of performance. It's not a good predictor of speed, equipment, or skill. 14th at Kansas, well, that's something. Not bad for a small team. 15th at North Wilkesboro. 14th at Gateway. But a lot of finishes outside the top 20. Nothing really to get that excited about. If this team truly does have a solid connection with Spire and not just we bought some old GMS trucks like a couple of seasons ago, then maybe it's something to get interested in. If I'm not mistaken, Holmes does have a solid crew chief. I think it's going to be Stankiewicz. Let me double check that. We can just simply see who was with him in this race here in 2024. Because I think it was. 
No, that's right. It's freaking Mike Shiplett. I should remember that. We talked about that in previous podcasts. Who's Mike Shiplett, you ask? This guy's had a pretty good career. And then it just kind of imploded. And now he's with Brett Holmes. So if the Spire connection is true, he does have quite a good crew chief in Shiplett. As you can see, obviously, he's been with some bigger names. But the biggest of all was Cole Custer. And this is Cup Series. Like, wait, he was with Cole Custer in the Cup Series? Yeah, he was with SHR in the Cup Series. How did he get there? Because Cole Custer and Shiplett together at SHR had that seven-win season in 2019. Even before that, Shiplett busted onto the radar. He was the crew chief of the All-Star 42 Chip Ganassi ride. John Hunter Nemechek got a win in it. Ross Chastain got a win in that 42, almost two wins. Tyler Reddick got a win in those. That propelled Reddick to a seat. That propelled Chastain to a seat. That helped Nemechek keep his life afloat, career afloat. Larson would step into the Xfinity Series from time to time with, with CGR. Race for Shiplett, get some wins. Got Larson. So, Shiplett, 24 career wins. It's kind of impressive to see Shiplett now with Brett Holmes in the truck series. Yeah, things didn't work out well for Shiplett at SHR with Cole Custer. I mean, they didn't have practice. He was a young driver. Stuart Haas didn't have a lot of funding. I don't think by any means those poor results, even though they did get a freaking win at Kentucky, which was impressive. His poor performances, like those were just tough years. And Custer wasn't that great of a driver. So 2020 through 2022, yeah, it didn't work out for the crew chief. But do I think he's lost it? Not at all. Could he absolutely put together a fast truck for Brett Holmes? I think he can. And that's got me a little excited. It's definitely going to be encouraging and something to investigate further. So I don't think Shipless just going to take any job. Front row, don't need to look at front row. Pretty solid with Todd Gillen. Amazing with Zane Smith. If Lane Riggs lives up to what he's supposed to be, it may not be Zane Smith, but he's going to be very close. He could definitely be better than Todd Gillen. Front row is definitely something to be excited about. We'll probably need to do our annual review of Nice Motorsports as we wrap up this podcast. When there was funding behind the scenes at Nice, when it looks like a driver is supported, they have championship trucks. When it doesn't look like there's a lot of support or funding and the talent of the drivers is in question, then they are 20th place trucks. Sometimes worse, on a good day a little bit better, but they're not amongst the ranks of Thor. They're not amongst the ranks of Tricon or Once Upon a Time KBM. They can't compete with those teams. They can't compete with front row. They're just not at their level. They're 15th to 20th place trucks. But when you've got a Ross Chastain with financial support and good trucks, he can have a good season. Last year, Hosever had pretty solid support, and he had a breakthrough season. And that's been a couple years in the making. But other than Carson Hosever, you really don't get much out of these teams. Lawless Allen, maybe Lawless Allen was the problem. Average finish of 22nd. But the year before that, it was Dean Thompson. Average finish of 25th. 
These secondary, tertiary niche trucks are not dependable. And they never really could be counted on. The story with Nice has always been, if you've got one top-tier driver with support, that one Nice driver can put together good results. Ross Chastain and his apprentice, Carson Hosever. So the question going into 2024, as we wrap up the Fantasy NASCAR podcast, is will anyone be a main guy? Mills... We know who Matt Mills is and has been for B.J. McLeod over the years. We got to see Matt Mills at Young Motorsport last year doing nothing. He will fill in that secondary, tertiary, nobody role at Nice Motorsports. They'll be out there. There might be occasions where we're tempted to pick him or where we have to pick him based on value. That is fine. But I by no means expect good results from Matt Mills this season. The real question is... Well, Bailey Curry, after years of working in the garages and moving from garage to garage, coming out of Texas in 2018 and jumping onto the Fantasy NASCAR radar, taking some part-time work here and there, working through COVID, kind of going the time majeski. I'll work on the cars for as long as I have to and then eventually get a ride route. Will this finally be the opportunity where Bailey Curry is giving that Ross Chastain type of equipment, that Carson Hosever type equipment. Or will Bailey Curry, not necessarily a big name in himself, but what seems to be a talented wheelman, be given secondary equipment every week? Will he be another Dean Thompson? Will he be another Lawless Allen? I'm not ready to associate Bailey Curry with Ross Chastain. I like Bailey Curry. I believe he's a good driver, but Ross Chastain's pretty good. Carsosfer, pretty good. Bailey Curry has never had a lot of opportunities to prove his talent. He's never really had a lot of good equipment. And I don't know if he's going to have the best equipment this year. Will it be Dean Thompson's Law of Sound equipment or Chastain equipment? Hopefully, we will have that answer pretty soon. Thanks for joining me here at the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Podcast. Like, subscribe, share away. Love you guys. Blessed to have you around. Have a good weekend.